This is the Accidental Safety Pro brought to you by HSI. This episode is recorded May 15th, 2023. My name is Jill James, HSI's Chief Safety Officer. And by now, you may have noticed the logo for our podcast has changed. After five years of the same logo, my team of creatives decided it was time to birth a new logo. So goodbye to the dark gray and yellow and hello to HSI's light blue, navy, and fuchsia. And also hello today to my guest, Jane Davies. Jane is a loss prevention consultant at the Arizona Department of Administration and joins us today from the greater Phoenix, Arizona area. Welcome to the show, Jane. Oh, thank you so much, Jill. It's it's a little surreal for me. I've been listening to the podcast for so long. I have to continue to remind myself Jill is actually speaking to me. How exciting. I'm very excited. Thank you for having me. Well, well you're welcome. And thank you for being a, a, an avid listener to the podcast all these years and being the person who gets to help me birth the new logo. So that's pretty awesome. <laughs> that's pretty Absolutely. Awesome. So Jane, your story, as I'm told, your EHS story, your EHS journey, I have a feeling it probably begins before this, but I've heard you like to say that um, you found this job at a dog park. So, you know, like what kind of dog park? What kind of dog did you have? <laughs> How did this all go down? <laughs> Oh, yes, that, that is one of my favorite stories. I am the epitome of Accidental Safety Pro, which is what kind of drew me to the podcast in the first place. Back in the Great Recession, uh, 2007, 8, 9, I was working for a local general contractor and not in a safety position. We did have some safety and for you know safety meetings and things like that but i was definitely working on the administrative side and when the recession happened i got laid off as as did so many tons of other people yes Mm -hmm. so i was working diligently sending out resumes something to the tune of like three a day for five days a week for months wow and my husband and I, we had just moved into a house, I think the year before we had bought a house and um, there was a nearby dog park that we had a, at the time, a, a Rhodesian Ridgeback who is, was really quirky, but really enjoyed the dog park and my husband would go every day. And, you know, I made the decision one day, I'm going to, you know, just go down there with him and hang out with the other four unemployed people at the dog park because that's Mm -hmm. what you do in the middle of the day when you don't have a job Mm -hmm. and there was a girl there a very um fairly young girl in her early early 20s and they i think they called her the dog park secretary and she walked in and announced to everyone within hearing distance that oh thank god i found a job i can finally get away from all of those cranky old people and my response was, well, if, you know, if you're not using the job that you currently have, can I have it? Because <laughs> I kind of need a job. Awesome. So, so she said cranky old people and your ears perked up or was it? Well, it was, it was, it was I, like I found another job and I'm going somewhere else. So yeah. Uh, that was kind of how the conversation started. And it was like, well, what do you do? And she said she worked for this. <laughs> 
state. She actually was a contract employee, a temp employee. Okay. Um, but she was working with the risk management group and she was doing some things and, and she was nice enough to actually take my resume in and they called me in and I did an interview with them and they did, they hired me through a contract, but then they, they hired me out of the contract a wow. couple of months later. <laughs> oh. That's fantastic. I mean, that's fantastic. I've gotten jobs in creative ways, but never like, hey, I'm leaving my job. And you're like, my hand is raised. Insert me here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're That's not going to awesome. use the one you got. And uh -huh. like I said, you know, three and it really was. I sent out no less than three resumes every day for five days wow. for it was three or four months. Yeah. Um. You know, and you get panicked after after so long especially you know during the recession there will you know people with master's degrees couldn't get anything yeah yeah and plus you need insurance and all of the i mean and income right. insurance yes. all the things that yes. yeah keep you up at night mm -hmm. yeah yeah so um mm -hmm. that that was quirk quirkily how that happened mm -hmm. and so what go ahead yeah so they you know they were nice enough they brought me in as a basically an administrative assistant okay and then I worked uh, in that position for a few months then transitioned to be the executive assistant to the risk manager for the state hmm. and Did you have any idea what that meant well I had from my previous previous employment as I worked for a land developer and um, that was fabulous, and I got to do a little. I worked here in the Phoenix, the greater Phoenix area, and I also worked in Hawaii for two years. They moved me over to Hawaii for a couple of years, so the Hawaiian sabbatical wasn't bad either. Not a bad gig if you can afford, <laughs> if you can afford, if you can afford to live there. Oh, my gosh, I'm just yeah. smelling plumeria as you say that right now. Okay. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> and I have, yeah, I have plumeria trees outside of my house right now. Uh, oh, you can oh, grow them in pots, Jill. Okay, okay. <laughs> Probably not in Minnesota, but okay. <laughs> um, but so I had some experience with insurance, uh, contracts and insurance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from the construction side, some safety components there. There's uh, dust control issues that you know mm -hmm. the general contractor that I worked for was the group that I worked for with the general contractor had um, environmental responsibilities for dust control on the project sure. so I had experience there mm -hmm. um, and it just seemed like it was a pretty good fit <laughs> and and so I worked my way out of that into handling a project for um, medical, not medical surveillance, but post-offer physical, so pre-hire pre physicals. There had to be an offer sure. extended. Mm -hmm. So they gave me that project to outsource that to a vendor and manage that, and that went well, and that worked into, hey, we're going to make you a loss prevention consultant. So what that means is that... I work on a team of folks and we support the different state agencies and their, uh, so their safety programs. They are the true owners of the programs. 
we are their support mechanism or the Department of Administration. That's what we do is support the other state agencies. Sure, sure. With with resources, training, contracts with the, you know, what what is what does support look like in those kind of roles for people who aren't familiar with state government? Well, support from from our perspective is yes, we do provide some training um, procurement. There's a procurement department. Sure. So um, we review contracts for insurance, and we handle all of the claims against the state. Got it. Mm-hmm. So that's the the division that we work in. They handle the workers' compensation claims, the property and liability claims, general liability mm-hmm. claims. That's kind of expanded into you know cyber now. That's commingled with some other divisions, but sure. it's a hugely diverse and um, if, especially if you enjoy diversity in a job, mm-hmm. you get all the diversity that you could possibly want here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's right, because, I mean, a state entity, various state entities support, well, every part of our, of our, of our, of our community existence, right? And so Correct. very varied levels of hazards and uh, varied levels of people whose lives you impact. Correct, yes. So um, it, it helps, you know, having someone, I always advocate to have, even when I'm training um, OSHA, I, I always advocate, you know, bring somebody in from the outside and let them look around. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just so you have a different set of eyes on things. The diversity at the state is, is extremely wide you know from we'll have like the department of game and fish and they you know they do interact with the federal government and Mm -hmm. there are some counties that are involved but you'll have you know the department of game and fish you'll have you know the department of child safety you may have the department of veterans services Mm-hmm. Um, Department of Agriculture, Gaming, which covers, I think the Department of Gaming covers boxing, horse racing, and any of the casino entities. So, oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is diverse. <laughs> <laughs> there is a yeah. lot, a lot of diversity. But it's, I find it really energizing. I'm a huge consumer of information like the podcast, for example. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it, I really enjoyed the diversity and the amount of information that is available that you can learn from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a lifelong learner. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Jane, so you get, you know, you, you've, you've made your way from dog park to... <laughs> admin assistant to executive assistant and you know working to the for the state well oh yeah the post the post offer physicals into the state safety program how were you picking up um you know the the practice of ehs like you you just described yourself as a lifelong learner how were you teaching yourself along the way or was the state um, partnering with you on that or how did that piece work to to a degree, yes, they're they're very supportive of education. But I, 
well, and a good team helps also. I I did when I was in the between the executive assistant position, I think, and the position of the project coordinator, which did the post offer physical component. One of my coworkers, who is a a brilliant lady that worked with that, and she has her associate in risk management, associate in mm -hmm. claims, and she was teaching a course through the institutes, I believe, for associate in claims, and she said, I think you should take this class. Okay. That's what I said. Okay. 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 <laughs> uh, oh, all right. Sure. Sign mm -hmm. me up. So I uh -huh. took it and I did really well in it. Mm -hmm. um, it was something that she was providing for the state employees um, because she was the instructor and I think they had to pay for the materials. But um, so she she did provide that for a lot of the coworkers. And it's funny how many, some of the people really embraced it. Some of the people did not. They just couldn't, you know, they couldn't manage the schedule or things like that. So. Um, I did really well, and I got my associate in claims, and then also went on after two or three years. They decided um, this that that lady had had left state service at that point, but the risk management group that I worked for decided they would offer the associate in risk management program mm -hmm. also. Mm -hmm. So I took that and I also obtained my associate in risk management. And those those courses really also open your eyes to the the true risks that are out there. There are things that you don't that you don't realize are out there until you kind of get involved in the insurance side things like um the dram keeper the the dram rules for liquor licenses and you know owning a bar and the garage keepers coverage for vehicles that you may be let's say impounding mm -hmm. or things like that there there is just such a myriad of different risks and exposures that are out there and i think that that also helps to open your eyes to the yeah risk side mm -hmm. and how it interfaces with the safety components. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and the safety components, I'm guessing the more you m moved around, the more you met people, the more that you were in service to the other agencies, your eyes were open to various different types of, of risks. And I, and I believe you have a story about how asbestos might have been a little intimidating. <laughs> Yes, as as it is. Yes, yes. When I when I when they first brought me brought me in and and you know, I I'm really grateful to the state for you know giving me this opportunity. Um, but when they brought me in as a loss prevention consultant and you work with other safety professionals in the agencies, and I had a particular agency, the the person that I was interfacing with was an asbestos expert. And that was that was his area of expertise. And mm -hmm. if I had to speak to this person about asbestos, I would just burst into tears in my boss's office because I was asbestos illiterate. Mm -hmm. And it frightened me terribly. Yeah. 
Um, and, and yeah, my boss would, will tell you, you know, he would talk me off a ledge and, you know, my perspective was there's nothing that I can bring to this conversation that this person that I'm speaking to does not already know or have. Um, but there's information out there. There's what I've learned over the years and my boss will be so happy to hear this is that there's always something that you can bring to the table. And, you know, don't think because you are not an expert in asbestos that you don't have the skills to gain that knowledge and, you know, make yourself valuable to the people that you're helping. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, and so how did you start? How, well, I guess what did you become aware of? You know, you're crying in your boss's office and I'm sorry I mean it, asbestos is super complex it absolutely is as a, you, yeah, right. mentioned, you mentioned dust earlier you know same thing really mm -hmm. complicated yep all these yep. health hazards are complicated how did you start teaching yourself or what did you learn um was the value that you could bring you know I'm thinking about our listeners who might be either young in their careers or just switched to a different Mm -hmm. um, place of employment where it's a whole new band of hazards that they never knew existed or don't know very much about. And they're like, holy crap, <laughs> people's lives are on the line here. I've got this job, you know, the switch, the mm -hmm. light switch turned on and now I'm responsible. How do I, how do I bring value? So what did you learn about yourself? Yeah, well, that's, thank you. That's a great question. What I did learn is that it, listening is key right if you're a good listener in the, in the example that i gave you the person that i was interfacing with that was his he you know he came from the military he was the asbestos expert for the you know that particular agency but if you if you listen first of all so he's the expert right so he's yeah. got all the experience and he's going to give you that experience because people like to, especially, you know, some of the, the old experts, you know, that have all of the institutional knowledge, they want to impart that to other people. Yeah, for sure. So if you're a good listener and you ask good questions, oftentimes those people that you are engaging with or interacting with will walk themselves to the solution that they're seeking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's, and I learned that asbestos is not particularly as scary as I made it out to be. If you mm -hmm. know where it is, leave it alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Make sure everybody else leaves it alone. Mm -hmm. And if Dr you dry and crumbly, bad. That's Intact, right. Not bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and if you can't leave it alone, you work with a uh, expert, a vendor that can uh, deal with it appropriately, and that's pretty much it. And it it has become less scary. But my my boss at the time, you know, who I was like having a panic attack, going, "There's nothing I can do. I can't say anything to this person. What what could I possibly, what could I possibly, uh, you know, bring in?" Um, it he was he was very good about 
teaching also. So he would say, oh, you know, here's, here's our asbestos program, and I think we need to rewrite it. So why don't you do that? Hmm. Hmm. What right? I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was kind of sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> look at, look at here. Um, so that also helps. So as you delve into the programs, you know, go out and look at programs. And I've, I, you know, I've perused several now through the universities. Um, and the universities are also our customers. So along with the state agencies, I forgot to throw the universities in there yeah. also. Um, yeah, you know, wow. University of Arizona, Arizona State University, Northern Arizona University. They mm -hmm. all have super robust programs and experts. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, I would go out and look at their programs. Fortunately, we have the internet now, so there there are tons and tons of of information online that you can you can look through. Um, I know, like I have a coworker who is just enamored with the website structure for the Montana State um, Compensation Fund. I think mm, <laughs> she's like, I really like tip. I okay. really like the structure of this website. <laughs> How do I get my website to look like that? So uh -huh. all of these all of these components work together. But asbestos, you know, I'm, I'm much more comfortable with it now. I am still not an expert. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I've realized is I don't have to be an expert because the experts are out there. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. And so you've, um, I believe a word that you used with me, a phrase that you used with me when we were talking before the recording is, I know a guy. So what does That's that it. mean? What, what does that mean? What does that, that mean to you that we can, that we can uh, apply to our listeners? Well, and, and I do want to, you know, bring attention to, I work on a team of six, mm -hmm. uh, a really dynamic team. And that is also what makes our particular loss prevention piece works so well. Mm -hmm. I'm the data nerd on the team. I like, mm -hmm. I, I would be perfectly happy to live in Excel spreadsheets for the rest of my life. God bless you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anything to do with a Word document. I have, there's, I have a team member who is the marketing, you know, she, her strength is marketing she does all of our editing she has a human resource background um, mm -hmm. i think she had a degree in human resources i have a uh, team member who is, he came from the radiation regulatory wow. uh, agency at the state mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. he has that expertise i have one team member who is a former firefighter and also a former correctional officer. So he has that expertise. Mm -hmm. I have a team member who had uh, has a degree in, I believe it's biology. And I have a manager who has a degree in environmental resource management. Mm. What so, a great team. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> we are, and, and we really enjoy each other too, which helps. Mm -hmm. But the combination of all of those entities, so if, you know, depending on what the hazard is that comes about, we can, you know, there's somebody on the team, it may not be me, 
but there is someone on the team who has experience, you know, may have had some interaction with something similar to that in either, you know, their day-to-day duties or in a past, you know, past job. Yeah. And if they don't, they have the network that can find that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if one of my state agency customers comes to me and asks a question that I can't answer, it's like, well, let me, let me present to the team and I'll let you know by the end of the day, you know, or mm-hmm. tomorrow we meet, uh, my team meets, you know, we're all working from home now. So my team meets every day. Uh, first thing in the morning to talk about that. And that's when, you know, we, if we have these questions or we have a problem that needs to be solved, we can put it out there. So I do recommend for those folks that are new and coming up perhaps is build your network. You know, find a group of people that are like-minded, whether it's through LinkedIn, whether it's through ASSP, uh, National Safety Council, but build your network. And the one thing that I have found just overall in the safety industry is safety people, people who are safety minded, are always willing to share what they have. Their knowledge, you know, if you're looking for, let's say, I need a, you know, I need a safety program for lockout tagout and you go to your group and say does anybody have this you know do you know of someone who has this chances are you will get a response and you'll get several good responses yeah and you know for people who are thinking gosh but jane how do you start building your network you gave some really great examples (laughs) and and also you're you're not um you won't shy away from cold calling. <laughs> <For help. laughs> Want to talk, talk that about that? Yeah. Sure. Like I said, I am a, well, first of all, I'm a huge consumer of information. Um, you know, take the free webinars that come across your desk, register for them. Even if you don't take it, they'll send you a recording. I know it jams up your email box, your inbox, but do it. And, you know, look at the publications. You don't have to read the whole the whole thing. You don't have to sit down for an hour and read through it. But I had I had found a person. The state uses Google for their email platform and their office. Um, the state of Arizona does, and so their office suite. So we use Google Sheets. We use um, Google Docs. Mm-hmm. And I was glancing through. It was probably the OH&S monthly magazine, and it had the 40 under 40 list. And I was just quickly, you know, I like to to look and see, you know, who are the up-and-coming stars. And I happened to just read somebody's bio in there that said they had created a EHS system using Google Worksites. And I thought, mm-hmm. wow, that's really interesting. You know, I probably have mm-hmm. some customers that can use that. Mm-hmm. They, they had his name and his company there, so I called him. 
<laughs> and he was perfectly, he was excited to talk to me and he was perfectly happy to schedule some time and, you know, yeah. go through the whole program, how he had put it together, how it worked. Um, it was fabulous. And I may take some of that information and use it to help some of our state agencies that need that type of support. We're always looking for the, uh, you know, the least least expensive <laughs> method to. Of course, you work for government. I Absolutely. work for government. Like, yes, yeah. the best mm -hmm. the best use of the taxpayers' dollars is, uh, right. you know, cost efficient. So if we can if we can leverage software that we currently have, um, and come up with a good solution, uh, all the better. But you know, this person, I just happened to happen to see it. And I thought, well, you know, that's a great thing. I need to, you know, I need to hear more about this. So Google, Google is, is, um, you know, Google's fabulous. And, you know, I called, I called this gentleman up and he was so, you know, so warm and willing to schedule time and I'm still in touch with him. I haven't been able to get anybody to actually buy into this yet, but mm -hmm. um, I do have a couple of people who are interested in at least seeing it. And he's still interested in coming back and showing it again. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And you know that dear listeners, for any of you who are like, <laughs> I don't know about this cold calling business Jane is talking about. <laughs> it's literally how I get every podcast guest literally <laughs> like, like jane you know do you know how did how did we connect you you sent me you sent me a, a thank you which was wonderful and i said hey how about coming on the you know how about well, coming on the show right or, let's, yeah let's mm -hmm. go one further with that i i actually took one of the free webinars yeah right and one of your folks followed up with me and i it. said thank you but no thank you because mm -hmm. we currently have a mm -hmm. uh safety training library but mm -hmm. big fan of the podcast mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and then we chatted about that for a minute and then I get some you know I get a LinkedIn request from Jill James who says hey do you want to be on the podcast mm -hmm. and I was like what <laughs> come on <laughs> come on yep, that's it's literally how it works over a hundred times now <laughs> <laughs> And, and I don't know that I've had anyone who said no, you, you know, I mean, and right. you're right. It's, it's following, it's following this thread of, um, maybe I'm paying, I'm, I'm paying attention a lot on LinkedIn to what people are saying and the way that they're saying things. And sometimes the way that someone frames something up or presents something or shared a white paper, I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. Hmm they seem like they might know something that I don't know, which is a lot, um, or a story that's interesting and they just seem intriguing to me. So I just reach out. And so for our listeners, when you're trying to build your network, as Jane said, mm -hmm. or build your knowledge base, absolutely reach out. That is the great thing about our chosen profession is that um, the majority of us are willing to share. Yep. Yes, that is true. Um, and I, I have not, I have not run into a, I haven't run into a situation where I have called up somebody in the safety profession and said, Hey, I need help with this. And they said, well, are you crazy? Go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, because we are all, I think, we want, you know, that's that's what we want to do. We want to help people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the other the other piece of that is build your network, and that kind of leads me into another piece that I was thinking about, which is yeah. uh, say what you mean and mean what you say. So the other mm. piece is in relationship building, especially with people. If you know, you tell somebody, "Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this to you by this date. Make sure that you do that." Or you know, if yeah. you you know say that you're going to provide something for them, make sure you do that because that's that's a big part of the building trust, also. It's, you know, do what you, say what you mean and mean what you say. Mm -hmm. So if you're helping someone out in the field and you don't know the answer to, you know, the asbestos question, as it were, um, you tell them, okay, well, let me present that to the team. I'll get back to you and then make sure you do get back to them. Because if you don't, mm -hmm. they're not going to come to you again and you lose that you know, you lose that credibility and yeah, trust. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's very good. Um, June, coming back to the ask good questions piece, I'm just thinking about good questions, you know, and the way that you kind of <laughs> dig into things. Do you want to, do you want to, I'm guessing you might have a little bit of a formula maybe, or some standard questions you use. Would you like to share any of them? You know, gosh, that's a great question. I don't know that I do. Mm -hmm. But as I alluded to before, especially if you're talking to, there's a there's an end point, especially if you're, you know, if you're out in the, if you're out in the field and you're working with someone and they always say, you know, ask humble questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it i always try to frame it in you know teach me something because yes. especially especially some of the folks that have been embedded in their position for so long and they're oh here comes the you know here comes this kid and they're going to they're going to start you know giving me all of the you know giving me the business about safety and i know all about it but it's the you know getting getting them to recognize what the hazard is and what they do to control it mm -hmm. so uh having them you know especially if they've been embedded in the position a lot and you're the, you're the new guy coming in and yep. so you know they're the asbestos, they're the asbestos expert, and they're not. I you know I I really can't bring anything to the table that they have. So tell me, okay, we're gonna you know we're gonna do this asbestos project. What do I you know what would I have to do first, and have them walk you through that. And I what I found more often than not is as they are walking through the process they will walk to the answer you're looking for and then you see the light go on when they get there because mm -hmm, mm -hmm, <laughs> that's mm -hmm. what you're trying to get them to do is they know the answer and and you find that a lot also is that they know yeah. the answer 
but they don't have the tools to actually get to that answer. So, you know, tell me, we, so we have this asbestos project, you know, or you have people that you don't want to damage the walls, let's say, in the building. So how do we go about that? How do we go about, you know, making sure that they can't damage the walls or they don't damage the walls? And what happens if they do damage the walls? Yeah. And have yeah. them walk you through that. I think you have a formula and you just didn't know it. <laughs> okay, so what I heard you say, Jane, for all of our <laughs> listeners, is ask humble questions. My gosh, that's beautiful. Absolutely. Don't assume don't walk in assuming that you know it all. It puts people it puts people off, right? And yep. your piece about using the framing of teach me, show me how, teach mm -hmm. me how this works, how you do this. And then you know, you also said, how can we control this hazard? What are your ideas? Mm -hmm. And how can we do, you know, X, Y, and Z? And what happens if? I think that's beautiful. That's perfect. Yeah. You did it. Oh, thank <laughs> you, you. You got it. You got it. You got, you got one. You got one. And it's a good right. thing. It's in, a good thing. Yeah. In stories, again, you know, if you mm. don't, like I know a guy, uh, but also yeah. stories. And I know I've told you this as well steal them if you don't have any stories of your own somebody does have one steal it i steal jills all the time i use the worst case scenario mom often uh -huh. um uh -huh. which is one of my favorites uh -huh. and um again i don't have there are certain things that i just don't have stories for yeah uh, i i have used a welder in my life not professionally but pri you know personally but yeah. things like a forklift um i have not operated a forklift except for the one time where i thought oh my goodness i've never operated a forklift i should probably take this class that my coworker is training so mm -hmm. that i have some practical application mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is never a bad thing but mm -hmm. Uh, steal the stories so I can talk about you know take the training listen to somebody else's story and or have the people that you're training tell you their story that's right that's right I mean gosh Jane that's so that's so important I mean I've never operated a crane I don't know how to operate a crane <laughs> right how many how many crane operators have I spoken with in my career quite a few so what right. did I learn from one of them one of them said to me when I was asking about, you know, like, how do you know if the weight of your load, the weight of the pick that you're going to do, that it's not too heavy for the crane that you have? Are you using the tables that are, you know, like placards on the inside of the crane? And then at one point, someone said to me, I feel it in my butt, meaning <laughs> the crane starts to lift up. And right. I'm like, oh, uh oh, oh, that's not good. So what kind of questions did I start asking? Hey, do you use the tables inside the crane when you're figuring out if the loads, if your crane's being exceeded or do you feel it in your butt? And then people would laugh. And right? they knew immediately what I was saying. I've never operated a crane, but that one person who told me that story, I've been mm -hmm. able to use for the last 30 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's yeah. absolutely true. And you'll recognize the stories that resonate with you. Yeah. Um, 
you know, like, I don't know that I would ever speak to a crane operator, but, you know, for forklifts, I, you know, I can, I can steal those stories or, um, I like using when I'm doing OSHA training, I like using YouTube videos that I think, you know, that are short and impactful because the stories are out there and you don't necessarily have to be the one who was injured in order to have that impact on folks. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. A coworker of mine reminded me the other week about a a YouTube channel. Uh, I think it's called something like how it's made. Okay. And, and it shows, (laughs) you know, different essentially manufacturing processes or other processes about, you know, how a thing um, is created and made. And for anyone who's trying to figure out like, you know, what would that industry look like? What would it be like? Ah. How do they do what they do? You know what I mean? Because like um, you in your in your role with the state, you get to see these various kinds of work environments. And so it it really um, uh, widens and enriches your level of knowledge and expertise (laughs) about how things are done. And I have that same experience having worked for OSHA. But mm-hmm. people who don't get that vision, visuals into seeing all these different kinds of work environments, like how can they gain that knowledge? And I looked at that YouTube channel and I thought, gosh, this is actually really good for teaching people like what might it what might it look like? What might it feel like? What are people you know, what is the machinery? How are people moving? How are these things being made? And um I think that might be a, a way for people to gain a little bit of that information and knowledge. <laughs> that's you know, awesome. Good old YouTube. <laughs> good old YouTube, yes. Well, uh, that's, I, right, and I think that's where I was going earlier when I said Google is great. So, you know, you can yeah. Google for cold calling, you know, the cold calling. Yeah. You know, now we have Google. Google's fantastic. And you can just Google somebody's name and the company that they work for and at least get a phone number. And that's literally what I did. I found, I knew what the gentleman's name was. Mm -hmm. I think I found him on LinkedIn and I found the company that he worked for. I called the company and said, yeah, I'm I'm calling to talk to, you know. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't know me, but I saw him in this magazine and I have some questions about this, you know, this program that he set up and I want to ask him more. Mm-hmm. And he Fantastic. was, and he was totally excited about it, and you know, like, oh my yeah. goodness, you know, kind of like I was when Jill called me, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, yeah. uh-huh. um, somebody actually read the article, and I didn't yep. read, like I said, I didn't read the entire magazine. I was just glancing through there, and I saw the word Google Worksites, and I was like, oh, uh-huh. yeah, we so use Google Worksites. Right. What's he doing? Yeah. You asked a humble question. That's yeah. wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So, Jane, what do you? Um, you know, what do you, how are you, what do you think about and what you believe about the EHS role to be today compared to what you knew safety was when you were, when you were growing up? Like, <laughs> yeah, do, can, can, you do a, can you do a compare and contrast to, you know, sure, where, where, I can do where, you, st- where you started in life and where you are today? Yeah. All right. Well, I uh, I started. Uh, my background is pretty Western, to say the least. My father is was a uh, farrier, horseshoer, and he was also a professional rodeo cowboy. He was a steer wrestler. <laughs> um, and my brother 
is also, you know, he's he's a farrier today, and he was also a professional cowboy, more of the rough stock riding. But I always like to say that, you know, the cowboy, the, the cowboy way that I grew up in was uh, the original Nike philosophy of just do it. Hmm. So uh, most of, you know, most of the guys in that Western atmosphere don't, you know, they don't, it's, it's a just do it attitude, just get it done. And hmm. I didn't think at the time there was a whole lot of safety involved in it. When I look back at, I think I told you, you know, my dad took every grounding plug off of every piece of equipment, power equipment we ever had for whatever reason. Dang. Mm-hmm. Right. And I didn't realize it until, you know, you I got know into safety. Bad, right. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I didn't do it. It wasn't something that I personally subscribed to. I have no idea why he did it. Mm-hmm. But I think about being a horse, you know, he was a horseshoer and I would, we were free labor. So we were the, you know, <laughs> designated horse handlers during the summertime. We would go with dad and he would be working on somebody's horse and I would have a lead rope wrapped around my hand. Mm-hmm. And he would stop and say, you know, that's not how you do that. If the horse pulls back, it's going to lock your hand into that. And then you're going to go wherever the horse goes. You're going to get drug and that is not what we want to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I really had, you know, when I started getting into the EHS piece and started thinking about safety and the things that would get people hurt was what I got when I was a kid. I didn't get, you know, a lot of the specifics as far as, you know, electrical safety, but the things that were... I'm really having a hard time articulating this day. Yeah, I mean you're you're um you're describing you're describing risk and what right. you learned through the lived experience of risk. Yeah. Right. Um so you know, I didn't I mean, I was exposed to it as a kid. I don't know that I embraced it as much until I got into the EHS piece and it isn't that it isn't that people don't know what's, you know, what's inherently safe and what's not inherently safe. Yeah. It's, I think in the workplace, it's the desire to, you know, make a good impression and, you know, get mm-hmm. the job done quickly mm-hmm. that adds to the risk. So it's, For sure. it's much more, I think I'm much more aware of the behavior-based component of it now than I was um, growing up. But I think, and it's funny because, you know, I mentioned safety to my brother and he just kind of looks at me and rolls his eyes and he's like, oh yeah, you OSHA person, you. (laughs) Because he's he's doing it the cowboy way. Most of the time, but, you know, it's funny because I see how they react with people, both my father and my brother, they're very compassionate and empathetic people when it comes to caring for others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because if, they care for animals. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. if I could see a little bit more of that, I think, in our workplaces today, and I don't know, you know, how many of you out there, and I, I try to teach this, and I try to speak to this every day, 
where you go into a workplace after there's been an injury or an accident or you're, you know, you're looking at this and their first response is, oh, well, that person, you know, is, it's the person's fault. Yeah, I blame the victim. Blame, well, you know, if, if they, you know, I hear the, I hear common sense, you know. Yes. Uh, yes oh, oh you know, yeah. that's mm -hmm. just common sense. But what is that? Yeah. Right. Um, it, that's not a fair assessment. And, yeah. you know, I try to, like I said, I try to speak to it. Well, like nobody got up this morning and said, hey, I'm going to. I'm going to go to work and tip a forklift over. Right. Betcha I can do it. Uh, <laughs> um, but something has happened. Either it's complacency, um, you know, lack of training. Um, I don't know how many times, you know, everybody's trained to, you know, we all get in our cars and we put our seatbelts on. Mm -hmm. Everybody does it. And they mm -hmm. do it without thinking it. Why, when you get into a golf cart or a forklift, do you not do it? That's right. Where's the disconnect there? Um, you know, and is it if we took the, you know, if we took the doors off the cars, would they then not wear, you know, use the seatbelts because it's going to impede their rapid exit from <laughs> from the vehicle? <laughs> is is kind of where that goes. So it's yeah. it's the, you know. Yeah, the why, common sense people, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, why are people, you know, why do we always say, oh, well, that's just common sense people. Everybody should know that. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's common sense is vastly different. I mean, right? you know, what your dad and your brother taught you about not wrapping the lead rope around your hand is common sense to them. Right. But it's not to anyone outside And it's of common sense industry. to me now. Yeah, you know, when I, when I think about about common sense and what I learned um, when I was growing up, but not all of us have an opportunity like you did to 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 work as free labor, like you put it a lot next to your next to your dad, right. um, you know, with the horses. I had the opportunity to have a parent who worked in a factory that was directly across from my elementary school, and I walked. And he worked a swing shift, and I would walk from my grade school across the street and onto the factory floor. And, uh, you know, it was a printing factory, so printing presses, making magazines, so all this whirling, whirling paper <laughs> and ink. And, and there were seven men, that's what they called them, pressmen, mm -hmm. that worked on the presses. My dad was the lead pressman. And I knew all the jobs of all those people because I would stand there and wait for a shift to end. And then he would inevitably somehow, I don't know if he told me or other people told me it was a loud, noisy environment. I'm a little girl, you know, sometimes selling my Girl Scout cookies, standing next mm -hmm. to the whirling presses. And I knew all the injuries all of them had had. <laughs> you know, like I knew that yep. so-and-so got his finger caught in this thing and so-and-so had a back injury here and my dad had this injury there. And so I was identifying the risks and learning mm -hmm. about these injuries by these seven men who ran this printing press. And, you know, that became my common sense, not because I did the job, but I stood there and watched them. And then they were like, stand here, move over there. You can't be here, you know, so that I didn't get caught in some whirling piece of the, of the equipment, you know, and watching how carefully they did, <clears throat> pardon me, how carefully they did some things 
um, specifically with, um, you know, in the printing industry, when there is um, an error in the printing, they use a little tiny plastic card about the size of a credit card. And as the ink is rolling against the paper, they will pick that little imperfection off. Can you imagine reaching into it? Like, right? I, I, I watched that as a kid. And so, you know, fast forward to my profession and I learned what an in-running nip point is. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen that. Oh, yeah, right? I've seen that. And I, and I know the guy that got his hand caught in that. Right. You know. You know? So, so do they have the is... card on a longer stick now? Is that? I don't you know, know. So you don't have to stick I... your hand in there? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I haven't been back in the printing industry in in many years. I inspected a, a, a newspaper printing um, company uh, when I was with OSHA, and that was the second, you know, the <laughs> second one that I've been in. But that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, my dad had the card, and he kept it in his in his lunchbox. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I know, well, right? My dad had the card, and he kept it in his lunchbox. That's awesome. Along yeah, this, it's along it's a little different, you yeah. know, and right. and. right yeah and you know my dad it's well this is a man who chose to jump off a running horse at a running steer um you know that was his (laughs) his, uh you know that was his idea of fun as it were and um you know or yeah so the yeah so the common sense is yeah so the the it's a it's a word that should be struck from our from our vocabulary right and you know when I'm, you know, I'm just thinking back, I just got done teaching an OSHA class. And, you know, I heard that word, you know, these guys in there are just like, well, that's just common sense. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, I use the Bill Cosby. Um, if you've ever heard the Bill Cosby, like chocolate cake for breakfast thing, when he talks about telling his kids to take a bath, no, you know, and he no. would say, you know, get in the bathtub, turn on the water, otherwise they'll just wander around the bathtub, mm-hmm. you know, with mm-hmm. no water running, <laughs> use yeah. soap, <laughs> it's all the things, you know, you would tell them, get it's in the bathtub, true. turn on the water, yeah. Yeah. and it's kind of the same way uh, with safety, when you ask somebody like, well, you know, did they teach you to do that, or... Is this, you know, did you figure this out on your own as far as how to, you know, how to do this one thing? What training have you had? And that's a huge part of it is training, too. And taking the time to, you know, when somebody new comes in, you know, to tell them. And it's interesting, the story that you gave as you as a child, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're the the press men their awareness to the fact that you didn't understand or may not understand the risk um or the exposure that you're having to this danger why why do people lose that once they you know once we're all grown up <laughs> and we're all in the and same place mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and you know they just assume that this person you know lands lands on the you know the press floor and they're mm-hmm. going to understand that, oh, you know, that's how it is. They're much, you know, we're much more aware for children. Um, than for ourselves. Yeah. yeah, or or coworkers or peers. And mm-hmm. why is that? It's a mm-hmm. great question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is a great question. 
Um, Jane, I, I know we're, we're running out of time here. You just finished um, your OSHA 30, and I wanted to ask you about that. How did that go for you? Uh, training the OSHA 30? Oh, you were you were doing the OSHA thirty. I, I trained. Yeah, I am a ah, yeah. I am an, I am an OSHA it. ten and an OSHA thirty trainer, and I tell you, I find that so enjoyable. Yeah, I do, and I've had some really good. The last couple of OSHA thirty classes I've had have just been really, really mm. gratifying to me, mm. because, and I know I've heard on your show before. You know, you always tell folks you don't know what you don't know until you mm. know what you don't know. And that is, I know you had asked me, like, what, what do I take away from the, the podcast? And a lot of it is stories. Um, and again, I know I use, I try to use things that are local to um, the Phoenix area. When we talk about, I talk about hazards and exposures. Um, you know, and just because there's a hazard, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily exposed to it. And I use usually use grizzly bears as an example. Mm-hmm. Grizzly mm-hmm. bears are hazardous, but we don't have a whole lot of exposure to grizzly bears in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if there's no exposure, then chances are you're not going to be harmed by a grizzly bear. But there was an instance uh, here in Phoenix at one of our zoos where a patron of that zoo you know, breached a barrier to take a selfie, Mm -hmm. um, turned her back to the cage and the jaguar reached through and got her. So, (laughs) you know, and like I said, I'm sure I'm positive that person didn't say, hey, let's go to the zoo. I want to be attacked by a jaguar. Um, You know, and it's the exposure to the hazard. So, you know, the hazard, we, you know, we can all agree that jaguars are hazardous. But, you know, and the person just did not understand that, you know, and I'm sure that they, you know, they made a conscious decision to step over the barrier and put themselves into proximity to the jaguar. But then there were some other components that went into that, you know, did the, did the facility understand that, you know, if if somebody could breach the barrier that there could be an exposure to the jaguar by it reaching through that uh, enclosure and getting a hold of somebody there were a whole lot of other things that went into that um Absolutely. so again not my story i stole it <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. This is, it works it absolutely works yeah oh man yeah <laughs> Jane, is there is there anything else that you'd like to um, share in closing with our listening audience today? Uh, gosh. <laughs> build your network, everybody. Build your network. Um, you know, find the stories that are impactful to you. They don't necessarily have to be your own. And, you know, say what you mean and mean what you say. If you tell somebody you're going to do something, do something. And never be afraid to ask everybody, you know, for help. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the one thing I'm sure, you know, my manager will be the happiest to hear me say because I thought for a long time I I needed to have the answers in order to be effective. Yeah, that's right. That's and I right. don't. I can find the answers, and I know people. I know a guy who can help me find the answers. Yeah. And, and we and we know each other now, so it's that's great. true. <clears throat> yeah, it's great. 
Oh, that's perfect, Jane. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for everything that you've shared today. <laughs> and if, um, <clears throat> I guess the other thing that I would add is that everyone should probably fire up the old Google Mater and uh, look for a Rhodesian Ridgeback dog like I did while Jane was speaking. Because <laughs> it's gorgeous. That's a gorgeous dog that uh, helped you find your way to this profession. Yes. <laughs> Yes, they are built for, uh, what I tell everybody is they are built for uh, speed and endurance and their uh, dog parents, not so much. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Thank uh, you so much, Jane. It's, it's been a pleasure, Jill. I, I so enjoyed speaking to you. Thank you for reaching mm -hmm. out. I so appreciate it. You're welcome. And thank you all for spending your time listening today. And more importantly, thank you for your contribution toward the common good, making sure your workers, including your temporary workers, make it home safe every day. If you aren't subscribed and want to hear past and future episodes, so you can subscribe in iTunes, the Apple Podcast app, or any other podcast player you'd like. We'd love it if you could leave a rating and review us on iTunes. It really helps us connect the show with more and more EHS professionals like Jane and I. Special thanks to Emily Gould, our podcast producer, and until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>